Stillman, uh, the director of Love and Friendship, and you're listening to Film Max Radio. Hey everybody, this is Adam Shartoff, your host of Film Wax Radio. It's Thursday, November 15th, 2018. This is episode 521, and my guest is returning for his fifth time to the podcast, Jeremy Workman, filmmaker and friend. Jeremy has been on episode numbers 260, where he appeared with his dad, uh, 379, where he, he appeared with Sam Coleman and Benjamin Rosen, episode number 467, when he appeared with James Hancock and uh, Chico Leo, and most recently on episode 477, back in April, with the subject of his newest film, it's called The World Before Your Feet which is what we're going to talk about today in this episode, uh, Matt Green. Matt is not on this episode. It's just Jeremy and me for the first time alone. Uh, you're going to hear uh, quite a bit about uh, this film, but here is essentially the, uh, uh, the nutshell. There are 8,000 miles of roads and paths in New York City, and for the past six years, Matt Green has been walking them all, every street, park, cemetery, beach, and bridge. It's a five-borough journey that stretches from the barber shops of the Bronx to the forests of Staten Island, from the Statue of Liberty to Times Square with Matt, amassing a surprisingly detailed knowledge of New York's history and people along the way. Uh, the film opens at the Quad Cinema here in New York City uh, on Wednesday of next week, the November the 21st, uh, the night before Thanksgiving. I believe the way it will work is that Jeremy and Matt and a producer, Jesse Eisenberg, will be uh, uh, at the Q&As on Wednesday night. And then Jeremy uh, will be heading to L.A., where the film is going to open on Friday, the 23rd of November, uh, at the uh, landmark New Art Theater in Los Angeles. And he'll be doing the Q&A while... Uh, meanwhile, back in New York, I believe Matt Green will continue to do the uh, the, the Q&As with, with Jesse for a couple more days, and then Jeremy will be back in New York City by sometime that weekend, I guess. Anyway, he does discuss his appearances and uh, the other guy's uh, appearances in this uh, conversation coming up right now. As a matter of fact, as I record this on... Uh, Wednesday night, essentially. Uh, I just did a panel with Jeremy at Doc NYC, the documentary film festival here in New York that takes place every November. And we did a panel on the fundraising sizzle video. It's a, a video you put together to kind of entice potential producers or sources of financing, etc. We had a nice big crowd show up at the uh, theater today for that and we had a great time and so we uh, recorded this conversation on Tuesday two days ago and then did the panel 
uh, earlier today. And, and now I'm putting up this uh, conversation with my friend Jeremy. Uh, and I think it's a great, great, we had a great time talking at his office. He has an office called Real House Creative, where they uh, make those types of sizzle videos, but they also are perhaps even better known for being a producer of trailers, film trailers. Uh, and so if you have a film trailer you need to get made, do look up Jeremy at, at Wheelhouse Creative, or, you know, I guess you could look him up if you want to also make one of these sizzle videos as well. Anyway, I believe that probably Doc and Moisey will make that video available um, at some point soon. Uh, I assume they do that with all the videos since they shot it. I don't know. Right now, let's uh, get into my conversation with Jeremy. This is a uh, approximately an hour long, and there is no outro on this episode, so uh, that's that's basically it. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in a few days with a brand new episode of the podcast. Until then, do take care of yourselves and the ones you love. Here now my conversation with Jeremy Workman on Film Wax Radio. For me, there's a big difference between reading about a place in a book and being there in person. What it feels to stand in front of it, to touch it, to discover something about it. All of a sudden, it comes alive to me. How you doing? Oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing this big walking project. Walking every block of the five boroughs. So it's like a mission? Yeah, it's a mission. Aren't you tired? I'm a little tired. The people in the world who captivate me the most are people who do something just because they want to do it. Maybe the other people think it's stupid. It's helped me find more satisfaction in the basic stuff of life. I don't have an apartment. Cat sitting is one way that I find places to stay. NASA started doing a ton of research. This house, this building, this fence. He found a thing, he got curious about it. He'd stay up all night reading newspapers from the 1800s. I sometimes questioned whether it was healthy, all that isolation that he would do with his walk. I thought it was gonna take maybe, you know, two to two and a half years, but that was almost five years ago now. <laughs> Hot mic. Make yourself comfortable. I am. Look at this. Here in the uh, at the offices of Wheelhouse Creative. Mm-hmm. And finally. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Scene. You wanted to rent me one of these m- modules. We have a module in the back we're trying to rent. Oh, you still are? Yeah. Go ahead. Do your ad. Are we? Uh, have we started the official podcast? After the ad. Oh. <laughs> you could do an ad for it. You're a very, very centrally located spot here on West 19th Street in New York City's Chelsea neighborhood. Yeah, we have a back room available. That's a great editing it's, space. Right. And it's a small little room. Is it about this size or is it even smaller? Uh, yeah, it's this size. I'll show it to you after. It's so big. I'd say this is about eight by eight, mm-hmm. something like that, maybe? Mm-hmm. So it's nice. Yeah, it's nice. Beautiful. Great views. Great views. Top floor. <laughs> Do you have a window in that space. one? I'm kidding around, but did you have? You don't have a window in that. In the other we room. do. Oh, in the win, in the room you're renting. Yeah, has a window. Yeah. Oh, amazing. And what's your? What are you asking? I'm not sure. Okay. But off, it's a nice. Mic. Yeah, it's a nice space for people who are in film, and there's a lot of creative people here, mm-hmm. and there's communal tables and all kinds of stuff. Okay. It's an office space. It's nice. a little. It's a, like a lofty environment. Yeah. But it's small. Modest, I should say. It's yeah. nice, but it's nice. <laughs> so uh, we're talking today. Well, we could talk about a couple of things. One is, of course, uh, 
We can talk about The World Before Your Feet, which is your new film, your new documentary, which just had its world premiere, I should say. I'm sorry, what am I saying? Your New York City premiere at uh, Talk NYC. You're almost getting I have getting to shake right. the screws out of my yeah, head. I'm, I really I'm do. I, I know all these things. Right. Because I was at your world premiere. Yeah, you were at my world premiere, at which South was by at Southwest. South by, yeah. yeah. But we just had our New York City premiere at Doc NYC. Right. And, and now, now as we speak, we're actually gearing up toward the uh the theatrical we are the planes the plane's about to land in that's New amazing York city it's, it's right come the movies on. come home to roost it, right in time for thank, time for thanksgiving it's opening on november 21st the at day the before quad cinema isn't that the day before thanksgiving it is uh, so it's opening at the quad on a wednesday they're taking a film forum approach to open a film but it's not unusual for a holiday weekend for a film to open on a wednesday anyway yeah we were real excited to get the Thanksgiving weekend. We were originally you, oh, booked were. at the quad this week. Okay. And then uh, it opened up that we could get Thanksgiving, and, and we all thought that was a, a better. Big, yeah, an I exciting so. proposition. You have because, a longer weekend for yeah, a film like not, this. This yeah. movie is very sort of, it's got a little bit of a feel good kind of. Oh, definitely. You know, sort, sort of vibe. So yeah. it, it worked. It makes sense for to be at the quad. Uh, on, right. Uh, and the quad's amazing. I mean, uh, I'm sure your listeners have been there. The new re- rebooted, redone quad is just one of the best theaters in the city, it seems. Yeah. And that's, uh, oh, you know, and it's your neighbor, practically. Yeah. I mean, we're right now recording this on 19th Street, and it's it's, it's on blocks 13th away. Street, so yeah. it's right down the street, same subway. Um, and we're also up at the New Art in Los Angeles on Friday, November oh, yeah. 23rd. Okay. So the the Friday of the... Uh, Wait, it's opening on a Friday of Thanksgiving weekend. It is. Okay. So in LA, it's yeah. it's so you, opening are you on gonna, Friday. Are you going to eat Thursday and then head out to LA? I am going to. We have um, the subject, Matt Green, uh-huh. our producer, executive producer, Jesse Eisenberg, uh-huh. and me doing Q&A in New York City. And then I'm going to run out to Los Angeles on Friday. Mm-hmm. And Jesse and Matt are going to stay here in New York to do Q&As. Is it just at the quad? So you're doing it again on Friday to... Yeah, they'll and you be doing. Fit in Jesse Eisenberg for the podcast. Je- I, I Jesse Eisenberg really right now hard. he's in um, he's in Prague finishing up a, a really exciting movie that's going to be about today. Today, yeah, today, yeah. Next week. He's in Prague and he's flying back for our release uh, on uh, Monday mm-hmm. or Sunday or something. Mm-hmm. So there would there there was time. There there mm, probably was not. <laughs> <laughs> I begged it. I mean, just this week alone, Edie Falco and Jeffrey Wright. So you could have. Man, yeah, it you're was, killing it. The, you know, there was room for one more celebrity. This is, uh, I, I, I need to step up my game. Yeah. I really do. That's right. That's right. But this is your first, this is your fifth or sixth time on this podcast. I am a regular. I've lost count, but. If I've achieved regular status, Oh, I? part of the inner nice. circle of, I nice. guess. Uh, but the thing is, this is your, what is notable is this is the first time you've appeared alone. I think you're right. I seem to always be with a group or, or just lead, leading else. an entourage onto your podcast. Well, yeah, there were two entourage night yeah. times. Uh, but one was with your dad and one was with the last time was with Matt Green, the subject of The World Before Your Feet. Yeah, the first time I was on the podcast was a neat it was a neat moment for me yeah. because I was on with my father. And my right. father's a filmmaker. His name's Chuck Workman. And when we first went on, we both had a documentary coming out in theaters at the same time. It was pretty crazy. Um, He had one called Magician, which was a documentary that he did on Orson Welles. Right. Which is, you know, started. Yeah, it it was right at the beginning of this kind of Orson Welles, you know, re-hysteria, I guess you would call it. 
And it was just a few years ago, but, you know, three years ago or whatever. And I had a documentary, my last film, which was called Magical Universe, right. which is this odd movie about an outsider artist, an elderly artist, and my relation, my friendship with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was being released by IFC Films. Mm-hmm. And there was this sort of funny moment where we were doing press together, and including your podcast, which we, we did together and goofed off. Because we literally both had a movie open Either the same day or like mine opened on Friday and his opened on Wednesday That's or something right. like that. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was very unusual. I don't know. I I'm, I don't know if there's a precedent for that. But you, did, it was did, you, cool. you didn't do any other press together. We have done press together, but I know not me, me for that quite film. like yours, where we it was just the two of us both on a podcast side by side. And I also remember splitting up the show because we like the first. Oh, intentionally, in a matter of fact, because I. We had like an hour, and I intentionally focused half of it on your dad's film and half of it on yours, That's even right. though there was overlap. That's right. And then I split it into two. I might have even split it into two uh, segments. Yeah, I forgot what you did, but it was definitely very cool, and it was it was a fun time for us because you know, I mean, obviously, it's you know, you're you're doing something with with your father. That's cool, of but course. it was also just kind of cool for us to do it together. And we both had a movie coming out, and. His was called Magician, and mine's called Magical Universe, so they even sound alike. Yeah, so right, it was a same cool, word. cool it's moment. It was weird. Yeah, I was trying to pull up the um, uh, the episode numbers, but I can do it in the show no- description. Cool. You cool. Know, uh, but so people yeah, can go back I've and listen. I've been on it. for other stuff. I've been on with you. Yep. Um, for other films that I've done. Well, there's we, the collection of shorts, New York. Uh huh. New York. A, um, I, I sort of produced a. a um, sort of compilation film called True New York. So we were on for that. We had a lot of great filmmakers involved right. in that. Right, and that was done um, in studio at yeah, the time. Yeah, that and was cool. And that was a lot of fun. And yeah. then we did a big episode where we talked about the, the films of Paul Schrader. That was a big episode. Very yeah. ambitious. Yes, it was. And we were all like, it was very freewheeling. And that was great because that I, I, I have a sense helped me get Paul Schrader onto the show. Nice. Yeah, I think... I, Unless I, you pulled strings and you're well, not telling me. Well, I didn't me. pull strings, but here's what I did do. So Paul Schrader, we did this incredible episode. You're, you're a Schrader whisperer. Yeah, I was. Uh, we did this amazing episode where leading up to First Reformed, we all talked about Paul Schrader's His, films. Right. The and career you know, of, even though I'm making weird documentaries, I'm, I'm definitely also a little bit of a, a film, a, you know, a supreme film geek, so I know my Paul Schrader movies. Um, and we did this cool episode where a bunch of, a, a few of us talked about it, including James Hancock. Right. Yeah. From Wrong Real. Right. And um, Chico Leo. That's right. And Robert, uh, we Cano? did this cool episode where we... Who was the last guy? Uh, Chico Leo, and I think it was that was it. It was the four of us. Okay. It was just the four of us. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. And um, so, yeah. So, we did that episode on Paul Schrader, and then a, a little while after, I saw Paul Schrader at a film festival, and right. I talked to him about that podcast, and then I think maybe maybe it you know helped. Who knows? Yeah, it could have just knows? been 824. Yeah, sure. But uh, the, the, also, I did meet him myself. That's awesome. Before that, at a, a talk he was doing with Annette Instorf, your former teacher. Who, who I'm going to speak at the JCC and show the world before your feet uh, oh, right. next week. With. At their sort of retrofitted mm-hmm. uh, Lincoln Plaza. 
yeah. the thing they're trying to do? Well, yeah, I'm not sure. that She asked us to come and uh, show the world before your feet at the JCC right. uh, up on the Upper West Side. And Matt Cohen, speakeasy? Is it, I'm doing say, that too. Yeah, yeah. He's, you just uh, don't say no. You're. I just don't say no. Why, why, why uh, would you? Uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's you gotta, a small gotta film. Put it out, yeah. and you got to get get. You know, it is a small film, and we're trying to sort of get the word out. It's a really neat film. And yeah, the subject is really interesting, and the themes in the movie are really interesting. So we're, you know, we're we're trying to do our best. It probably would have made sense to talk about the theme prior to plugging all the screenings. But so let's 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 sure. s- just Dial for a moment. A let's for a moment. Yeah. Um, reconfigure we and then come back to those other offs off one-offs because those folks are also you know people i know and like and uh, i'd like to plug that even though the quad is important so uh so matt we can go back to we didn't get, quite get to the last of the visits no the one with no. matt who was which we did in austin texas at south by southwest earlier this year but uh we had matt on who is the subject of the documentary and whose uh, goal provides the uh, structure or the central idea of the film, which is that it's his goal to walk every block, every street uh, of New York City, which, uh, you know, there are thousands and thousands of miles of. Exactly. Of course, in the greater scheme of things, there's much more going on, you know. And, and also, just on a practical level, he's also become a New York City... Uh, uh, Expert. Yeah, yeah. Encyclopedia. He's an encyclopedia of of information about all these neighborhoods that comprise New York, of which there are hundreds. But and then even maybe broader than that in terms of personal aspects to who this guy is come up come up comes up in the film. Yeah. So so Matt is thirty seven, and he's been a longtime friend of mine. I've known him for for many years, um, predating us even even thinking about doing a documentary, right? So, mm-hmm. sorry, he decided that it would be his mission to walk every single street of New York City, and that's all five boroughs, and if you added it up, it's probably about eight, 9,000 miles. So he also does every path, every park, every cemetery, every coastline. If it's a public path and you could walk it, Matt walks it. And through the course of doing this, it was his mission. He wanted to do this. He lives off... About ten to fifteen dollars a day, he sold basically all most of his possessions. He gave up his apartment, and he decided that this is what he would do as a way to better understand his city and better understand the world around him. Mm-hmm. And he's been doing it now. He's on his seventh year, mm-hmm. and I filmed him and followed him for uh, over three years, almost four years, and was sort of kind of. You know, I would go with him and walk with him and kind of embed with him as he just walked the streets. And that's what The World Before Your Feet, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a documentary about Matt and this mission to walk every street of New York City. Um, through the course of his walk, we not only see, you know, New York in a way that, you know, you don't really see in, in a lot of movies, maybe in any movie, you know, because we're in so many neighborhoods and so many places that don't usually get cameras but you also sort of get a sense of like sort of the history and the, <clears throat> sorry, the wonder of New York City that maybe, you know, sometimes is mundane, but also is sometimes like amazing. The, the thing that Matt does that's really interesting beyond just walking, he, as he walks, he, he notices things and he sees things. 
And he sometimes often takes photos of them with his, his dumb little cell phone camera. He's got a blog, which is imjustwalkin.com. But it's certainly not some popular website. I mean, he gets somebody even in the film says that he gets like maybe 12 hits a day. But what he does is anything that interests him, he does incredible amounts of research on it. And it could be um, something really small and mundane, like a fire hydrant or a manhole cover or a street sign. But it could also be like huge things like Carnegie Hall or Stonewall or, you know, where Ebbets Field was or any of these sort of like landmark places in New York City. And as a result of this project, this 37-year-old guy who essentially is homeless and jobless sort of knows more about New York City than, I, I mean, I think anyone on the planet and um, a lot of people I think would agree with me. So it's really remarkable. It's a remarkable sort of story about this one guy with this crazy obsession, but how it's sort of transformed into something really deep and, and interesting. And uh, that's what the, that that's basically the film, you know? Yeah. Uh, you saw it? Have you, did you see it at South by? Well, I, I think I saw it probably before, or before that. Yeah. Yeah. I think what happened was that I just got, I wasn't able to go to the screening at South by. I think I was there. Yeah. I was there, obviously, but I don't think I, I think I had you a couldn't conflict. Get a ticket. That was the problem. It's always <laughs> the issue. <laughs> so after South by, we, uh, you know, we then were acquired by a great distributor, this new distributor, Granite Entertainment, which. What is it called? Greenwich Entertainment. Greenwich. Oh, Greenwich. Yeah. yeah, they're great. They, mm-hmm. uh, they launched this year at Sundance and, um, there's been some great documentaries and other films that they've been distributing this year, like um, the Eatsock, the Eatsock Perlman documentary, oh, yeah, right. mm-hmm. Scotty and the Secret History of Hollywood. That was their movie. They're doing all the theatrical on Free Solo, so mm-hmm. they're very, very involved in that film as well. Um, that cool documentary on Gary Winningrand. Oh, yeah, the I, photographer. Had that, I had that so, filmmaker on. Yeah, yeah, she's cool. She premiered at South by Two. Yes, yeah, she did. She's mm-hmm. very cool. Um, and Sasha. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she's like a, a you know teacher and does does documentaries sort of amid all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they they took us on and and now we're releasing you know now. So we're we're pumped. We're super psyched. Mm-hmm. Um, and Matt is obviously doing the uh, the press with you and has been traveling. Did he go to a lot of festivals? Yeah, or? he went to a lot of festivals. Mm-hmm. And Matt, I guess um, you you've had... met Matt. And mm-hmm. he's a very interesting, unique guy. You know, oh, right. We were it. on Lighthouse. We were at the Lighthouse at the, the Long yes. Beach Island together. We, yes. we shared a house. Exactly. Yeah. And he um, he really kind of walks the walk, no pun intended. You know, he... he you sure that wasn't that, intended? That was intended. Yeah, that was that pun intended. <laughs> he, uh, you know, he really lives off $10, $15 a day. Uh-huh. He doesn't have, like, a lot of possessions. So we're running to, we run into situations all the time, like, where... We're doing something and he doesn't have nice pants or he we're doing something and he can't get there because he doesn't have the money to get there. Um, But what what we've done at film festivals that's been really amazing is he um, we do the screening and then Matt leads these public walks. Right. And they could be anywhere. And it doesn't matter if he knows the city or not. It's not really sort of about that it's about right he must have acquired a skill uh you know of being able to kind of improvise yeah it's about um, and i don't mean that's something that anyone can't you yeah. know can't do you know the difference between i'd say what matt does and like what the guy in free solo does 
is like Matt's doing something that anyone could do. What's free solo? Free so- I know. Keep hearing about it. Yeah, it. free solo is the documentary about um, this guy who climbs up El Capitan oh, right, and okay. Yosemite without oh. ropes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's this remarkable character doing Jesus. a death-defying act. Right. Well, Matt's also really remarkable, but he's doing something that's totally anyone could do. All he does is walk around. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, not something no... that anyone can't do. Right. I mean, he. I guess he could get run over. <laughs> I guess there's some, you know, inherent dangers, but anyone get can... mugged. Yeah, but we, he he doesn't. Right. And a lot of people ask, you know, hey, were you ever mugged on this walk? And he hasn't. Yeah. There's not much mugging going on these days anyway. So. New York's pretty safe. Yeah. Um. So especially when you have a film crew following you. Yeah, and oh, wait a second, film crew. It was I me. Know, it's just you. Yes, right, right. I mean that was sort of part of the little, um, the the way that Matt and I figured out how to right. do this. To do this, where it wouldn't be intrusive in terms of his being able to do the walk, yeah. right, without drawing attention to himself. He didn't want when I first approached him about, hey, why don't I come with a camera? You know, it was kind of a very much against what he's about you know he's really yeah. not a guy who's interested in you attention know, like that. self-promotion he's not he doesn't need a documentary on him he's not trying to become famous it's not what he's about mm-hmm. so I, right and, and when when this is over this this theatrical and the who knows what what's going to happen but i said to him you know, so he was concerned that it would sort of change the spontaneity of what he was doing mm-hmm. and impact what he was doing if there was a camera behind him. Mm-hmm. So I sort of said, well, here, I'll make a little deal with you. I'll just, it'll just be me and I'll have a camera and I'll sort of follow along with you mm-hmm. and kind of walk behind you. And there won't be a crew. There won't be a big, there won't be a sound person. There won't be a Because he was loud. I just put a lav on him, right? And I just sort of let him go, and he would say, "Okay, well, we're going to go walk in East Queens today, and or oh, we're going to be in somewhere in the Bronx today." He would just give you a there'd be a meeting location, point. yeah. He'd and say, then, "Okay, yeah. I'll meet you at seven a.m. and we're going to be in this area of Staten Island." And I'd say, "Okay, cool. I'll see you there." And I would show up, and I would put a lav on him, and he would just walk, and I, we would go. Usually on the days I was shooting, we'd go 10 miles or so. Mm-hmm. And he would go do his thing, walk around, take photos, notice street Shit. signs, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. p- pick up things off the road, talk to, talk to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's part of what he does is just kind but of... Didn't more people were, were interested sure. because, you know, there was somebody with a camera sure. following. Yeah. And without a doubt, you know, it's that classic thing that, yeah. you know, you have a camera and it suddenly changes, changes the dynamic. Well, sure. But... You know, given that, I think we sort of kept a low profile, you yeah, know. Sure. Um, and I think what was also really interesting was these are a lot of neighborhoods. Like, everybody knows New York in the media. Everybody mm-hmm. on the, like, in planet Earth, mm-hmm. you know, but they know Times Square. They know all these places that they see in movies or the, the sort of the sex in the city version of New York City or the Wall Street version of New York City. But we're in these areas that, don't get cameras, mm-hmm. you know, deep right. Queens, well, that, deep or, right. Brooklyn. And, which could be anywhere. It doesn't have to be in New York. It, it, it doesn't necessarily, those people are, you know, New York City, people that just live in a city, that it could be almost any city. Any city, any yeah. city, you you know, yeah. any city, Earth. Right. You know, and I think that's what was really interesting was that we, I would kind of be following along with them with a camera and people would be excited. Because there's like, oh my god, there's a there's a camera here, right? Yeah, it's funny, Craig. They're the closest 
they live within maybe a half hour from the center of the, of the media and, yeah. and entertainment, you know, but yes, try going to, you know, Queens village or, you know, try going to Queens village or something really yeah. deep, deep Queens in, in the East Queens or, uh, you know, around there, right. Alley Pond Park area. And, um, you know, there's not a lot of cameras <laughs> popping in there. Yeah. So we kind of worked out this situation where I would just kind of follow him and shoot and shoot and shoot. And usually when I shot him, it was, it was, um, like I said, I'd go about seven to 10 miles, Mm -hmm. uh, a few hours. Mm -hmm. And then I would get so tired because I was also carrying equipment. Oh, right. And he was walking and he wasn't... In shorts and a a pencil. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's got a pad and a pencil Mm -hmm. and nuts you know, peanuts or whatever he's right. eating. He's, right, his snack. His snack. And that's it. And he also wasn't really waiting for me. It wasn't like he was performing for the camera. He would just go do his thing. Right. And, and it, right. And each day, you didn't really know what you were going to encounter because no there was idea. no... So it's that sort mm, of perfect right. sort of verite spontaneity thing where a guy's just walking around and there's a camera kind of behind right. him and yeah. whatever happens, happens. Well, so... Okay, so that's the the film, uh, and and you do get to hear from also uh, uh, some of the people that know Matt. Uh, yeah. That that's an, one other component of the film. It's not just the walks, and the, and some of the inter, interactions that happen during those walks uh, when you're following. But it's also there are some in, interviews that you do with some of his family and friends that know him over the years. And you get a little bit more of a window into who, who this guy is yeah. and what might be motivating him. But you really never know, get a clear answer uh, to what, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's not, just for can, him, I don't think there's some sort of like rosebud that explains it all, you know. Yeah. It's just like, oh, this is why he does There's another but, Orson Welles reference, by the way, right, for those who are Which you, all your listeners will get. <laughs> but... Um, you know, I think it's more like they, there's a number of things. And, right. and the movie does kind of dive into a lot of those, like, you know, we, well, I talked to a couple ex-girlfriends. Mm-hmm. I talked to his family. I talked to his brother. And you, you start seeing a lot of um, small things that mm-hmm. may have, you know, all together kind of created this, a lot of motivation for him to want to live a different kind of life. Mm-hmm. And it's a life about embracing you know, the small things yeah. and seeing the world in this kind of unique way. And, you know, there's traces of, I mean, if you want to be pretentious, there's traces of like Thoreau, mm-hmm. you know, he's somebody who kind of decides that he didn't want to, he was, Matt was a former engineer. He had a, he worked in a cubicle. He had a nine to five job. He went to a great college. He had a great job, made some money. Right. And then he decided that really wasn't for him. So he decided that this he was going to start pursuing these projects, these mm-hmm. walking projects, mm-hmm. and that's what he does. And right. it's all so he projects, does. plural, because yes. he had. Uh, we should mention he also had walked across the country, correct? A correct. couple of times. Um, so he in 2010 he was an engineer at a at a good good firm here in New York City, and he decided it wasn't for him, mm-hmm. and he quit. And he and he did some research about could he walk across the country. And sure enough, if you Google it, there's some people that have walked across the country. And Matt decided at that point he was going to do it. And he figured it would take him a year. And he did it in five months. And it wasn't that he was like racing. He doesn't, he's not trying to win any races. He's not trying to get through anything faster than possible. He's not trying to 
break any records. Matt is not trying to, you know, beat anybody else. All he wanted to do was walk across the country. And he did it um, by pushing this little cart. He had like, he took like a, he took a baby stroller and he converted it like one of those jogger baby strollers and Mm -hmm. he converted it into his little pack. Mm -hmm. And he walked across the country sort of on the northern route. And um, he was really struck, and this is in the movie, but he was really struck by the generosity of people Mm -hmm. and how he went to these places and people thought, you know, that he would, (laughs) people would like stone him and, you know, run him over with their cars. And and it was like the opposite. Mm -hmm. They, he was embraced by everybody where he went that Um, he walked and he would say, Hey, can I stay at your, you know, can I pitch a tent at your house? Mm -hmm. Can I take a shower? Do you have anything you could give me to eat? And the and the sort of the world opened up to him in this sort of like torrent of generosity. Right, the world before his feet. Yes, which and is amazing. He was, so he walked through like Wyoming and yep. or something like that. Yeah, I mean, he took he went to the, sort of the, from New York to Chicago and then when from did he, Chicago. Do you know what Oregon. time of year he went? Um, it was most of the year, but I he it was the first half of the year, so he avoided like the big winter though. Okay, because by the time he got to. Yeah. Real elevated area. The it was already spring. Yeah, um, yeah, it probably was. But I, I, there wasn't like big storms, you know. But um, so he did that walk in 2010, and it was such a, a, a an emotional thing for him, and it's such a huge thing for him that happened that he then came back to New York City, mm-hmm. right, and realized that I'm he, in his private Learjet. Yeah, yeah, on his Learjet. And he realized at that point that he came back to the city that he lived in mm-hmm. and didn't really know his city. And even though he had lived in here for, <clears throat> you know, much of his adult life. Mm-hmm. And at that point, he decides that he's going to do this walk of every street in New York City. Right. Okay. Which has been also attempted by another man who's, who also has gotten some press, whose name is Bill Helmrich mm-hmm. and who's in my movie. Mm-hmm. And he, Bill, um, has just walked the populated streets of New York. So he and he's done about six thousand, as miles. opposed to the pathways and the coastline. Yeah, exactly. Like that, yeah. Bill's done about six thousand miles. Matt has done about eight thousand miles. And Bill's a neat guy too. He's written some books. He teaches at City College, and he's also somebody who just you know is, spends his days walking mostly through New York City. Uh, it's it's uh, November thirteenth or something. Is uh. What am I saying? Right? Is yeah. It, his where is he walking? Matt walking these days. Matt is still walking right. New York City. He's not done yet. He right. um, he's he about ninety percent done. You know, it became very apparent to me that this was not going to be a documentary where we where he finishes. Right. He crosses the he crosses the, the finish, finish line. line you yeah. know, and right. that was mostly because of the length of his project, mm-hmm. but also because it became very apparent to me that. That's not what the movie was about. Mm-hmm. The movie was not going to be about completing the destination. Right, right, right. right. It's right. that classic journey versus destination right, thing. Right, right, right. So Matt is still walking, walking across the country. Is a lot more straightforward. Yeah, actually, exactly. In that regard. He will probably he hit an when ocean he's one way done way. though. Yeah, he will have walked three times the length of the country right. just in this single city. Right. Um, I don't know when he's going to be finished because, as I mentioned before, he does tons of research. And the research side of it has almost like eclipsed. Taken over. Yeah. yeah. Right. And now the closer he gets to finishing, the longer everything takes. 
So he's, uh, I don't know, he's like two years behind on his blog. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, he's got a little blog. He posts photos. He does research. Mm -hmm. And he's about two years behind. So if you go to his blog, imjustwalkin.com. No G? No. Mm -hmm. There's stuff from 2016 on the front page. Because he's, or maybe it's 2017 at this point, right. because he's so far behind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know when he's going to be done with New York City, but it's going to eventually be done. I mean, certainly audiences and Q&As and stuff, everybody loves to say like, you don't really want to finish, do you? But I think Matt does want to finish. It's right. just, but he wants New to York, complete it. Right. But New York City won't f- finish in because, you know, they're always modifying. You know, the city is, is so big and sprawling. That blocks do change, right? And, and absolutely, and Matt the then goes revisits develop, them, right? So it's like okay. if a block, if, if something is added, he, Matt needs to go back to Flushing. But and how does Queens. he know about it? What's up? How does he find out about that? He's he's you know he's up on all this stuff. He goes on certain he, sites. Let you yeah, know. he knows about the websites and he keeps up on on the streets that are opening and paths mm-hmm. and parks. Right. Yeah, so it'll be like. Oh, there's a new um, a new thing opened up in Mott Haven, Bronx, and next thing you know, he needs to race up there and get it and check it off. Well, he needs to race up there. Because well, yeah, maybe could, he's not racing because it's because right. it's going to close or something no, no, if he doesn't I get there just, in time. You know. anyway, so he, yeah, yes, so, okay, he's also so, very much that kind of left brainy, right. kind of anal sure, obsessive. Sure. Well, you have to be. I mean, to, I think that's that he's what compels you. Everything off, but he's but, much. You know, he's not. Some kooky character like you would see in the movie. No, no, know? no. He's very uh, typical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, how does he... And, and you brought up uh, the anal part of it, which does lead to, even for somebody who's not so anal, but he does have a system of how he keeps track because how would you do it otherwise? So so, so how, what does that it's look pretty, like? It's pretty analog. It's nothing fancy. I mean, and that's another thing. We, we've been asked at a lot of Q&As every, you know, how I mean, do you is he keep just track of this? Do you have a some marker on a map? fancy GPS system? Are mm-hmm. you using a special app? And the Hagstra maps? It's, it's not. It's basically just, he basically does it by hand and he has, he looks at Google Maps and I think there's some plug-in where you could create little little paths and that's what he does and if you go on his website you could actually see in red all the 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 streets that he's walked and you could zoom in and it's like suddenly the city's entire city is covered with red because he's 90 percent done right so god bless the satellites yeah yeah so i mean there's certainly some parks and whatnot that are hard for him to track because like a cemetery How right because they're not maybe google doesn't maps doesn't yeah have google that doesn't letter. do it right. and there's not specific paths and even central park you know how do you prove that you've walked every path in in, in central who's he park? proving it to he's not proving it to anyone right but himself. right right but it is well, i guess there to, must be central park maps there are but like imagine a cemetery there's a lot yeah, of you right. know People are there, um, a lot of them have maps. Yeah, but people are really. Um, I think one of the scenes that really blows away people in in the documentary is there's the scene that takes place in cemeteries. I think it surprises people because they don't realize how many cemeteries are in New York City. Oh, and yeah. how damn big they are. Right, they're huge, and there's there's this area called the Cemetery Belt. In Queens, yeah, it's, it's be, on the border of Queens. If you and, drive through the what's called the Jackie Robinson, exactly, it 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 uh, it. Uh, flanks exactly 
And so there's a number of cemeteries there's, there. Yeah, there's lots of them. And, and they're the, all sort of Jewish adjacent to each and, other, and they're old ones. And right. there's ones I've walked. Are, I've walked a lot through there because I would walk from Brownsville. Yep. To, you know, where I live, in, and 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 it's a long walk, but it you. You know, I go by Google Maps, and I've, I've done a little bit of this. Myself. Nice. I've, walked, I've done some really long walks where, you know, just to get out and get and, and clear my mind. You yeah. Know? And um, I've walked, you know, along cemeteries. I had no idea. Like, there's there. so many cemeteries out so, there, they and big. they all sort of blend into each other. And even to the point where we would do, we'd be filming, and I wouldn't know which cemetery I was in. I was like, okay, is this Machpelah? Is this Beth Olam? Is this Cypress Hills? Like, where am I? Because right. they all just sort of blend because there's yeah, so many. Sure, you know, I mean, this New York City is is, and this is what people forget. You know, New York City yep. is the most populated city in the United States by far. It's not even close. You're referring to the dead people. <laughs> what? Yeah, there the the amount of people that are buried in New York City right. eclipses any city in the United States by far. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just. New York is just this Are you sort saying of more than let's say the Houston like yeah Fort Worth yes. kind of thing yeah oh. yeah it's not even close oh. you know and that there's New York has this sort of bottomless you know history mm. and and uh, you know somebody described it in the movie like New York it's like every street's like a fossil wreck has like a fossil record and it's really true it's just like this sort of endless history that mm-hmm. you just sort of scrape mm-hmm. and those cemeteries are even more dramatic. So we, there is a scene in the movie where there's a, you know, where Matt is walking a lot of cemeteries because it's part of what his walk. And not only do you see like all these incredible icons that are buried there, but it just also reminds you of just how deep it goes. Right. You know, um, it's really, (laughs) it's really wild. Yeah. You know, so um, that's, that was sort of a really neat part for me. Um, And, And I always felt like. I feel like cemeteries are the our greatest indulgence, uh, overindulgence. I mean, so much, uh, all that space that could be used for parks. And I mean, I don't know how you'd keep, well, I don't know how you'd keep it up uh, that if it were parks. I mean, I guess it could be could be forest. Yeah, I mean, it could be wild. It could be preserved. I mean, I just feel like well, using, a couple all things that cemetery spaces. Okay, a couple nuts. things. One is a lot. The, one of the reasons why New York City cemeteries are so incredible to look at is because they're in places where it's hard to put um, residential housing. So mm. often they're on hilly areas, or they're on these sort of rocks and stones that make it difficult to put in buildings. But the other thing you're, you you know you mentioned about parks. And then being parks, Greenwood Cemetery, mm-hmm. which is the big Park. cemetery in Brooklyn, at one point was one of the, I think it was the biggest um, leisure destination in the world at some point around the 1900s. And families would go there the way that people go to Central Park now. Mm-hmm. They would go to Greenwood Cemetery to spend their afternoons, their Sunday afternoons. And it was the most popular of any of the, of any place. So... It you know you're like you'd think like oh this is kind of you Where know people were buried yeah there but it's not it's it's cemeteries have come a really mm-hmm. sort of or you know have have back in the day they were not seen as these sort of places that were about death they were seen as these places where you would celebrate life and um, 
it's an odd sense. I'm dubious about that. It's true. But I do know my son was, uh, his when he was in, in middle school, they, they took a class trip there. Uh, Greenwood's amazing. Yeah. Besides, like, yeah. you know, seeing uh, Basquiat's, you know, grave, um, there's also just, it's just the, the topography is amazing. The mm-hmm. statues are amazing. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of things like that in the documentary where, right. like, you don't really, you think you knew New York. You think you know New York, mm-hmm. but you know you're about you're you're about that. We're about to subvert that a little bit. A right. lot of that is in the documentary, hmm. you know, because people, you know, also have these ideas of what neighborhoods are. They haven't even been to, you know, a lot of people haven't even been to some of these neighborhoods, but they hear, oh, East New York, or right. Brownsville, or yeah. South South Bronx, and they have this idea of what those neighborhoods are, but. That when you're on street level and you're walking, they're actually amazing. And the, you know, right. and and you know, there's a whole. I mean, areas of there are some areas of Brooklyn like this too. But at Queens and and probably the Bronx, they have large swaths, large areas where they're not even accessible by subway. They they're what we call two fare zones. Yeah, where you you take the subway to the bus, and the only way to get to certain neighborhoods is via bus. Yes, uh, or, or 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 walking. So I mean, people just. And then that, that what that does provide, of course, the people that live out there is a lot more quiet. Yeah, especially uh, Queens. That was a big, a big and, uh, revelation for me was how deep Queens goes. You know, yeah. a lot of the, a lot of the community that I know knows like Long yeah. Island City and knows Astoria, and knows right. all the cool places. Yeah, but you start going deeper into Queens, and it's exactly as you said. You can't really. Ex- it's not subway accessible, so sure. you have to sort of get to a point, and then you take buses and. Um, you know, Queens Village and College yeah. Point right. and, you know, yeah. think, around where Alley Pond Park is, they're really deep. Right. I mean, you got to have a car or just, sure. you know, if you're, or just rely on, and it's, on buses. You know what it looks like? It looks like the rest of America. Um, kind of. Yeah. It doesn't look like what people imagine New York. It looks yeah. like, um, looks like America. It looks mm. like what the suburbs Nicer in like. some cases because they're not like new developments. These yeah, terrible, terrible places. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry if you're listening and you live in a development. Right. There are nice developments, but most of them are not so nice. But yeah, so the the, the documentary definitely hits in a lot of yeah. those neighborhoods. Staten Island is featured quite a bit. Right. How, how often are you in Staten Island? Uh, every time I go to New Jersey. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I drive through Staten Island. A, I, I mean, a lot. Uh, okay. Over the years. Cause Had, do you ever in Brooklyn, stop into Staten Island? A few times. It's pretty good. And I've been to the Staten Island Zoo. It's pre- Staten Island Zoo, I like it better than the than the Bronx Zoo. It's small. It's tiny. It's small and kind of has a cool feel, the size though. of the Brooklyn Museum. I mean, excuse me, the Brooklyn Zoo. Um, yeah, it's like the Prospect Park Zoo. Yeah, but Prospect Park Zoo. I like the Staten Island Zoo quite a bit. And um, all that kind of snug harbor stuff is great. Mm-hmm. And there's great food in Staten Island that a lot right. of people don't know about. Um, it's uh, there's a lot of neat stuff in Staten Island. And we sure. did a lot of right. a lot of you scenes know. there. Right. Um, and Matt also was really deep in like these that areas time. that are very far and right. that take a while to get to. Yeah. You know, um, out by the bridges, by um, you know, um, sure. Gothel's Bridge and you know uh, Gothel's, on the edge. But yeah. Anyway, but the the what I think the the title in a way refers to like there there in what we were talking about before the you know it does feel in a way like the world mm-hmm. is is in these little neighborhoods that that this is the world. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I'm not articulating it quite so well, 
but um, but that somehow like just by walking this one city, yeah, you, the you world of, sort of yeah. comes you know comes into, into focus. focus. It does, yeah, and it has to do with a lot about the the type of people. I mean, the movie is also about the kinds of it's about people and mm-hmm. cities are. Matt even talks about it at one point in the movie, um, and it's in our trailer. If anybody clicks on the trailer, that a city is built by people. It's mm-hmm. made by people. So it becomes about the people in a city. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the people in New York City really do represent the entire world. There's right. hundreds of languages spoken in New York City. Yeah, some of them are not even on record. Yes. and um, <laughs> I'm joking, but it's probably true. And we, you get a sense of the diversity in a way that I was jo- I once made a joke to somebody that this is the most diverse movie in the history of mankind. And it was a joke, right? And then I was like, wait a second. It's probably in some ways true because we're in so many neighborhoods where Matt is just meeting people of different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's, a, there's a whole sort of side to the movie of Matt meeting the people in New York City. And he's sort of like, as you pointed out, he's sort of like this human greeting card mm-hmm. and he gets along with everybody. So all these different people from different ethnicities and different, you know, that that look different, all sort of come out and sort of can find a commonality when they talk to him. And it's sort of it's sort of amazing mm-hmm. because you're just reminded at how diverse this city is. Right. And how it by and large how diverse America is. And um you know, I mean certainly it it resonates with stuff today about immigration the, and, and anti-immigration yeah i mean it's swell. so diverse new mm-hmm. york city mm-hmm. it's so much about and new york city is so much about it should its, be required watching for anybody who's, i like that idea Adam. let's make it required watching <laughs> for anybody who's um a, has a phobia around yes. immigrants and see yes. how successful it works in the app its application yeah and you really get you a know. sense that you know at least what i was trying to sort of show because i saw it with matt it wasn't anything that i was i i had to mm-hmm. you know muscle i saw it when i was out with matt but that um people are all the same and that everybody you know, we, we have this notion that people are different. And the media, obviously, is all very much about showing and talking about how people are different. Um, but then when you realize and you're kind of like in the trenches of just kind of going into all these places, you start realizing that everybody's sort of there's a commonality. Everybody's really similar and people are generally really generous and nice. Right. And I think that comes through, too. At least yeah. that was one of one of the goals. Yeah. Well, would you say there's a maybe a running theme in your films around? In all my films, or just this film? No, no. In your, in all your films, I or mean, all in my the, films in, in throughout your film career, yeah. let's say. So, so I've now done. Um, I guess this is like my fourth feature, and mm-hmm. I'm already now in the middle of production on my next film too. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty much all and all of them are about people who are living these sort of extreme lives. You know, um, some are more, you know, family friendly than others. And some are people that you could invite to family dinner more than others. But they're all people that are living these very, very extreme lives. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, they're all obsessive and they they but it's more about all of them sort of have this sort of passion and they don't really care about how the rest of the world sees them yeah so my last film that we mentioned at the beginning was magical universe my last documentary that's about an artist who i met and kind of discovered an elderly artist in maine 
And he had been spending his entire adult, adult life making Barbie doll art mm-hmm. in a attic in a house in Saco, Maine. And um, that's also about being an artist and being creative, but also being this sort of extreme obsessive who mm-hmm. somehow found Barbie doll art, Barbie dolls, mm-hmm. as a way for him to sort of understand the world. Right. Um, and then I had d- done another film that, that we just actually did a book on as well, mm-hmm. um, which is about a, it's called One Track Mind, which is about a, um, a guy in his 60s, 70s, he lives in New Jersey, and he has spent m- most of his free time as an adult drawing the decor and the designs of the New York City subway stations. Yeah, right. Plug the book. Yeah, so we, we had a book that came out this year, also called One Track Mind, um, that is about the artwork of this guy. His name's Phil Capola. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that some listeners might even have heard of this. It was. It's gotten some press. Yeah, uh, he, he got press. The book got press. Um, the great author, Jonathan Lethem, wrote the foreword. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, so I'm certainly attracted to that. I'm, I'm not really interested in mm-hmm. political documentaries. Um, I know that how important that is right now, but right. it's not what I'm interested in. It's right. not, I'm not interested in documentaries as journalism. I'm not interested in trying to convince you of a position. Not interested in that. I'm interested in showing this kind of amazingness that a lot of people are capable of that maybe they don't, um, they're not trying to show to the world. And um, that's kind of... Also, there's a um, um, uh, this drama and awe around the collection of small things that people get obsessed about in a way, again, referring to your title of the new movie, the world before your feet. Uh, it's also what I'm trying to, what I was trying to get at before is it's just, the world is this huge abundant thing, but it's really discovered through the, this, these, just the average people yeah, that you come across. It's, it's you know like, what I mean? It's That's like kind a, of what I was like trying to say. It's like on a person level. Yeah. It's not on it's a not grand level. It's not going to Times Square and waiting for yes. that or the, something to, you know, like to sort of materialize. It's, it's, it's through the walking through the, the, and it's a, it's the collection of it. It's the, uh, the, the sum, the summation of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the world is, you yeah. know? Yeah. You know, and there's an, and in, and looking at it cinematically, there's like, you can kind of get that point across if you're a good filmmaker, <laughs> a yeah, good storyteller, I mean, it's, it's, it's and just see, get that awe across. Yeah, that's the hard part, right? It's hard the because challenge. a lot of the the stuff that I'm interested in doesn't necessarily have you know clear cut stories. It's not about you have to discover. Yeah, it it's the not about like it. finishing something or winning a contest. Right. You know, there's this isn't spellbound uh, right. where they're trying like, to win the eight days until the big sh- right. race. Spore yeah, days or there's until the, the race, race. or yeah. or yeah. we're trying to show you that this you know glo- about global warming. They're not. There's not the thrust in mm-hmm. that that those kind of projects have. So sometimes it is a little tricky to kind of figure out how to structure it. Mm-hmm. Um, my new I'm doing a, a new movie right, which is about Lily Hebesh who's the world's greatest domino artist. Okay, dominoes as mm-hmm. in dominoes toppling. Like if you've ever seen domino art mm-hmm. on the internet, like on right, right. YouTube, or or... YouTube right. or Instagram, it's all pretty much this one girl who's 19 years old, dropped out of college, and her videos have been seen a billion times. Mm-hmm. 
and she's this lovely girl who lives in um, Massachusetts. She just dropped out of her freshman year in college, and she's now become the world's greatest, most acclaimed, most successful, most famous artist of domino, of domino toppling. So I'm now doing that. I'm doing a film on her now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's kind of the same thing. It's not, you know, she's not in a wheelchair. She's not, you know, she doesn't have a life-threatening disease. She's not, you know, it's about, it's not what I'm really interested in. I'm interested in showing, like, how awesome she is. Yeah. And how interesting it is that this you know, 19 year old decided to be, to do this and be the best that she could possibly be at it. The same way that Matt Green decided to walk every street of New York city and be the best that he could possibly be at that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what interests me mostly is, is that. And, um, you know, um, like I said, it's sometimes tricky in the editing room, but you know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of what, what I, what I like. Well, I I was going to bring that up, like just the sheer amount of footage you must have, but it's, it's, it's okay. I mean, how you kind of catalog that. Yeah. The the bullet points is I had over 500 hours of Matt walking through New York and, and, um, and, and, but you mm -hmm. have, did you have, you developed a method from the start about how you could, um, maybe, uh, highlight what, what, you know, would fit into the structure. Yeah. The structure was, it's just going to get deeper and more interesting as it goes along. And that's really it. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be fun. And maybe it's, maybe it's a little light and kind of superficial at the beginning. And then as the movie goes, it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Mm -hmm. And that's the simplest way I could say what the structure is. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like always what I'm interested in is, you know, a lot of times, you know, like even your listeners probably just heard like, oh, it's a, some girl who does domino art. That sounds really, you know, that. Right. Okay. So I, I you, get it. I right get from it. the start, but, you'll you'll just want to you're going to show, uh, you know, examples of this thing sure. and, and how people are, you know, ooing over it and how, you know. But as the movie how, goes, right. it'll probably start getting into a lot of these sort of bigger thoughts in your mind, uh-huh. you know, whether or not the movie presents them or you just get there yourself, like about you know, about art, about patience, about how today, um, you know, kids don't really have this sense of, of, uh, meticulousness and, and how that's sort of a lost passion in our world. And, um, you know, so the big themes kind of present themselves and I, I hope audiences can sort of find them. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing with the, with this, with the world before your feet, you know, it's, I'm not really trying to give you all this stuff. I show, have these cool scenes, like we said about like, you know, Madden cemeteries, but the audience has to sort of find what's interesting there. And they're the big lofty themes. That's their job. It's mm-hmm. not, it's sort of not my job to, um, to show those, mm-hmm. to say those, mm-hmm. they, I, I think they'll get them. Hmm. Again, the world before your feet again, premieres. Uh, in New York City, yes. on Wednesday, uh, the November twenty first at November, Quad Cinema. November twenty first at the Quad Cinema. There'll be six I... showings a day. Um, it'll probably be at Quad for at least you know it could be eight days, could be longer, um, but there'll be several showings a day. We'll be doing Q and A, me, Matt Green, and the producer Jesse Eisenberg. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're also opening in. Los Angeles on November 23rd at the New Art. We will also be multiple theaters a day, multiple screenings a day with me doing Q&A and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Right. And then additional cities to come. Um, and we're sort of now positioning that and looking towards 2019 for the for the rest of the run. Right. And that's where you 
our listeners come in because <laughs> the true. more people that show up at these screenings and the better it does, of course, the more the distribution company has the confidence to, yeah. you know, do even that many more uh, theaters and openings. And, and I, I think your listeners will, will like it. You know, yeah. a lot, you have a lot of listeners in New York city. You're sure. sort of known yeah. in the New York city world. I, you know, they'll like it. Right. It's, it's about in a way, yes, it's about all these big broad topics, but it is, it's a, it's about New York city. Yeah. And I think they'll really enjoy it. I, I agree. So yeah, I'd love, uh, and if they come, come, come up and say hello and we'll make fun Meet- of Adam's podcasts. They could tell Matt Green to get a job. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, that's not appropriate. They could tell him to, you know, get a job. You you, you, you know. You can't call him lazy. Yeah, you can't. You know, that's just not, does not apply. You, yeah, you really can't. It's hard to sort of say like, oh, you're a freeloader. Well, he's living off $10 a day. But, um, yeah. you know, he is a guy who is not accomplishing things in the way that most people you it's know. not right in the con- in the conventional, conventional so, yeah. sense of the but word. neat guy and and people should really and he's you funny know. and he's goofy yeah and, uh, he's well, funny he's yeah. very funny yeah um and, they, and they get a if you go back to the last yeah uh, um, well when you were both on I don't think it was our last episode but it was the the episode we did in uh, back in uh, I guess at the end of February or whenever it was he's funny yeah. Um, and that helps. It helps a lot when you have a movie about just this one guy doing this right. weird thing. Yeah, sure. It helps. Uh, when the Q and A's, I'm sure, have been great. Yeah. Um, no doubt about it. Yeah, and that, that, and I'm sure they go on for <laughs> yeah the, most of the evening. Exactly. Right. All right. Well, this has been great fun. This has been long. I hope. I uh, hope nobody's fallen asleep yet. <laughs> no. No way. Thanks for sticking with us. Are you thinking me or the people listening? People listening. They're Got just it. like, oh, right. man, not only is this guy walking every street, this guy's talking to the every world, street. Worldbeforeyourfeet.com, the world, right? And also you are uh, you can find uh, the world before at on Twitter. Uh, Twitter is before your feet. I got the wrong part yep. of the sentence. Instagram uh, the title, is rather. the world before your feet. Facebook, okay. the world before your feet. And then there's the website. But okay. yeah, ch- people should check out our trailer and, you know. Yeah, which we'll, we'll play. Oh, uh, awesome. Through this this a little bit too. Awesome. All right. Thank All right. you. Till next time. Thank you, Adam. Of course. Why do you like to walk? I feel like it's just the perfect way to kind of explore the world. Good to meet you all. Matt, 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 Matt. See where this ends up taking me. When you meet a person, you become much more interested in them. Come in, come in. I think it's the same thing with, you know, a city. Whoa. It's an actual place where you stood and you felt something there. You know what used to be right over here? Get beat up? Never got beat up, never got mugged. Unless you're about to mug me. <laughs>